This is Benny. As long as you have him by your side, nothing can ever hurt you. Is he even a demon in the hallway? Apart from them. <gasps> Whose blood is that? Is that your blood? No, fuck you, man. Welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast. This is the podcast for both indie horror filmmakers and fans. Our goal here is to help indie horror filmmakers by talking about what's going on out there, highlighting how others are making it happen, and giving you the tools to get your projects done. And of course, we want more people watching them. So we talk about all this stuff and uh, all these cool projects and all these different films because we want to highlight what we find interesting about them, which hopefully grows their audience. But we also want to talk about them to give filmmakers ideas. So if that sounds good to you, please go to deadharvey.com. Sign up for our e-newsletter, follow us on social, subscribe to the podcast. We want to hear from you too. Tell us what you think uh, about the podcast. Tell us what you want us to talk about because we want to chat with you. So now what we're going to talk about today is uh, what's on our radar for May. Uh, a lot of new films coming out this month. And, Bunch of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and there's some cool stuff to talk about. Uh, movie theaters are starting to open up everywhere so they're starting to release some stuff and and the one i want to talk about um is uh is getting a theatrical release which is cool to see stuff that's a little uh lower budget than monster movies actually hitting the theater so we're going to talk about what's going on in may but before of course we want to talk about what is on our radar what we've watched recently since the last time we chatted um i don't know what what did you watch so I watched, uh, I broke down and I did a Hulu subscription. I'll keep it for about a month. Added a new streaming service just for Sasquatch, the true crime Bigfoot documentary. <laughs> Expanding. I was like, hmm, how much are they going to expand the use of the term or loosely use the word, use of the term true crime? But at the same time. Well, really what want... crime has taken place here? <laughs> like, there's no well, crime. At the, the same only time, crime I really is want to believe in Bigfoot. Uh, yeah, the but, only crime is not believing in Bigfoot. That's absolutely right. Um, but anyways, this is what, it's a bait and switch. Unfortunately, I'm sad to say. It lured me in. I thought it was going to be all about Bigfoot. I thought I was going to see things that made me believe entirely in Bigfoot. But what happened is this whole story is based off of, there's an investigative journalist. And he, back in about 93, this guy's gone undercover with like skinhead groups and all. he's been in all kinds of dangerous situations. So he was up in what they called the Emerald Triangle. So this is near um, Mendocino County in California in Humboldt. And then there's another one that intersects with it. But this is where all the weed farmers put out all the black market weed. And so it's a very dangerous area up in there. So he was hanging out with a friend up there. And there was a couple of guys that came in that worked on the weed farms. And they said that three people uh, had been murdered and their remains had been just ripped apart. And Bigfoot was responsible for it. Ergo, yeah. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. So, it has to be Bigfoot. Now I, I can see the hook here because the yeah. crime has taken place. People have been murdered. Yeah. And since it was probably it was probably a Sasquatch, they can they can drape the true crime. Absolutely. Yeah. They can drape the so, I get it. I see what they're doing. It's stuck in this investigative journalist's head. He's like, I remember this story back in 93. I've covered all these weird stories. I've had all these bizarre experiences. But that story that those guys told me about Bigfoot killing those people in the Emerald Triangle has never left my head. I got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. So he goes on this journey to talk to the locals. They cover all the Bigfoot lore. But basically, the, the short of it is that it shifts from 
a Bigfoot story to a story about the weed farmers and all the crime that exists in there and who was responsible for it. <laughs> so it goes, uh, from, it goes from a Sasquatch, a potential yeah. Sasquatch movie to an actual real, like this was actually a crime, like a crime. To right. Like to a crime with humans, as opposed to the Sasquatch, but Sasquatch <laughs> being, being what everybody said or what he had heard was responsible for it. But it also happens in the same area where all the Sasquatch stories are and where they sell everything to the tourists. So like, it happened kind of like around the um, the Willow Creek area, which is where Patterson and Gimli took their original footage for it, and where if you go in as a tourist, you can get a Bigfoot burger, and you can buy a Bigfoot uh, print, you know, those prints that they do, like when mm-hmm. you're in school and you put your handprints on there, when like when you're a kid and they give you those prints, you can do that, but like with Bigfoot memorabilia. So there's a whole industry around Bigfoot tourism there. But then there's all these stories. So like, it's a, it's a really spectacular area when you go and you look for landscapes, all the tourists, they think it's like this peaceful area, but all the locals are like, no, this is like a super shady, dangerous area. This is also one of the places that now Netflix did a documentary on the same area and it was called Murder Mountain. And it was entirely about like the weed farmers and the crime and all the bodies that had disappeared, all the missing persons. And there's basically just stories like they talked to the sheriff and the sheriff goes, it's not that we don't want to find these people. They're like all these missing persons, but nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody's too scared because they're all scared of the retaliation from the weed farmers and everything like that because everybody's super armed up there. Not retaliation from the Sasquatch. Yeah, not retaliation from the, yeah. They're more afraid of the retaliation from the armed weed farmers with AK-47s. They're guarding, and also the Hells Angels have a huge, they guard it off in in places there. And they have a big history about like the weed farmers would put up all these like booby traps when people come in like right around the time when the DA busted them. So it was crazy. I mean, that whole thing is like fascinating right there, but I think Murder Mountain is a much more interesting story that focuses just on the weed farmers. This one has the Bigfoot angle, but it strays away from that. What it reminded me of is it reminded me of From Dust Till Dawn, but the reverse. Mm. So from Dust Till Dawn, you start out with a story about criminals and it much takes place in the real world. And then it shifts to a story about vampires. Then it goes into the supernatural and all kinds of crazy stuff. This does the exact opposite of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it, it, yeah, yeah, they actually show some of the Patterson Gimli footage and they talk to um, this one of the kind of interesting parts of it. They talk to uh, Gimli and he goes, this is all real. And then they talk to the guy who was supposedly in the suit wearing the Bigfoot suit with where they claimed it was a hoax. And he's like, no, they actually just paid me to get in the suit. So I was like, damn it. <laughs> they're well, they're well, everything for me that I just wanted to believe that I wanted to believe in Bigfoot. I wanted to hear about like the Bigfoot alien connection. I wanted to hear like Bigfoot's an interdimensional being. I wanted them to prove this to me. And I also wanted them to interview Bigfoot. But and, none they, of that and, they, and they failed miserably. It reminds, <laughs> yeah. me, it reminds me of the like the, that near death one that Netflix had for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I watched it with the intent of being like, oh cool man maybe there's some new shit in it but they had the one story yeah about like that like that, that was like oh no when i near died i, I like I, I went off in this world and it's like but everything else every other story is basically like yeah these just rehashing potential stuff nothing was actually there's nothing new or revealing they're but, using it straight up for a marketing gimmick to from, people yeah, in the, yeah. Mm-hmm. well even it was kind of funny is like i've read when you're when it, now this one obviously was picked up by hulu so it was, mm-hmm. it was it's not uh, really like some guy self-distributing it. But I've heard when you're self-distributing, there's some keywords and key stuff that actually just perform well just by having them. True crime is one of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Sasquatches and Bigfoot for some reason resonate well too because there's a big following for them. Yeah. So I just kind of appreciate the fact that they have both true crime and Sasquatch in the same Yeah, like, I thought that was awesome. Like, That's what they're melding me. it together yeah. and they're ticking yeah. a lot of boxes. So this is like, yeah, it should it maybe that's why Hulu picked it up because yeah. it did have the two it is funny, like if you do a true crime documentary or, or you do a story about true crime or for some reason a Sasquatch, um, they do really well 
self-distribution because people people uh pick up on that for some reason yeah so, for sure unless you like you're the audience member and you expect to see the whole thing about sasquatch and then it turns out to be something else but yeah it, it was but it, you've already paid for it so that's true they already suck our man the good news though is that they have all kinds of they have some pretty good like indie horror selections on hulu so i'll keep that for a month and watch a lot of the other cool stuff on there so yeah, cool that's like there's a movie that's all about drinking called like another round with mads mickelson i'll watch that one too Oh, cool. Yeah, well, on my on my radar, I um, I well, well I'll talk about it a little, mm-hmm. little bit later because I've been going on a kind of a deep dive into shark horror. Yeah. Um, and and just because it it's 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 come up to me that like why is there so many shark horror movies? Like I don't understand it. So I, I started going on Tubi and and uh, Amazon and 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 finding these these low budget shark horror. So I did a deep dive into it, and that wasted a lot of time. Wasted a lot of time. I mean, Not I wasn't wasting even, time, Ted. Valuable. Well, I, I mean, but by, by, like, because I didn't. Fi- I finished mm-hmm. none of them. Like, I feel like yeah. it was just kind of like going around and looking at them, and I was just like, "What the fuck is going on in these ones?" But I did watch, um, and and we talked about it before. Like, mm-hmm. I love my science fiction. Yeah, and uh, I watched 2067, which is one of the only Amazon original. No, actually, Amazon had a bunch of stuff about. So, this 2067 is a time travel sci-fi movie on Amazon that came out, uh, I think recently in the la- within the last couple months. It's from Seth Lamy. Lamy is Australian movie. I think this was funded in part by the Australian Film Fund, whatever they call it. So, I mean, which is great. Like, the, U- the U.S. doesn't have one of these. In Canada, we do. There's film funds. So, if you're a indie filmmaker, you can apply for grants. Mm-hmm. They typically give you money to make films. And this one was from the uh, South Australian Film Corporation. And uh, so they gets them into film festivals and screen Australia. Anyhow, I mean, I did enjoy it. That's just because I like, like, there's a, there's cool concepts. This is not like a new concept by any means, but error is very rare. Like, so it takes yeah. place in 2067 and there's no plants anymore. Plants are all gone. So therefore they're not generating any oxygen and it's all like, oxygen is like gold and people go around with little tanks or they go into like these places. So everyone's like kind of wheezes. And so that's the whole scenario. And then this, there's a portal that can go 400 years in the future. And, and, and it's supposed to give numbers back, but it gave a message back. Like Mm -hmm. they're trying to communicate with whatever's 400 years in the future. And they don't know, but they got this message that was basically send Evan white and and that's the main character. So someone sent this note. So the main character who has this backstory about his dad was a scientist involved in that project. So anyhow, he goes into the future and 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 um, basically there it's lush green everywhere. So oxygen and everything, the, the earth has come back, but only after all humans were extinct. <laughs> so all uh, humans got yeah. killed off mm-hmm. and the earth has come back and it's all green, but there's no civilization. But of course... He finds his own dead body. He finds Ooh, the, the lab. Cool. Yeah, and he finds the lab, and he finds all this type of stuff. And hey, I'd all kind of it, it, it twists and turns, but it, it, essentially, I like the concept of okay, like we're out of air, that like, and and we're sending a guy into the future to figure out. But then there's like, and I won't blow anything in case anyone wants to see it. But there's like little twists and turns here that yeah. like about how the how society is dealing with it. But it did for me. It's like a time travel is such a like now, like we were talking before we started recording. I'm now 100 percent convinced that time travel does not exist because no time travel movie has been able to make sense of of it at all. Like it just doesn't work ever. Yeah. Uh, and, and like in this one, he goes and he sees his own dead body. 
like so it's there his dead body's there and then what happens when he changes the future so a whole he does a whole bunch of shit nothing changes around him but then when he changes one thing all of a sudden his dead body disappears even it's a 400 year old bones of a dead body. yeah so then it disappears and he can't find it because he's changed it but realistically with a butterfly effect lots of little things should be changing constantly yeah absolutely yeah it'd be like a ripple effect that would you would think it would be a ripple effect that would change there, like all these little changes would constantly yeah. the idea yeah. of it like and then you get I, it just made me think of different ways people deal with it there's some people take a comedic thing like we've talked about time crimes and triangle where basically in time crimes he has to keep killing himself over and yeah. over and over again because he keeps coming back which which is making fun of the fact that yeah like if you go back a second and then all of a sudden you come back you're going to see yourself but then you go back again and all of a sudden there's just going to be piles of new use showing up. Uh, and they, he had to keep killing himself over and over and over again. Then yeah, there's triangle to try and figure it out. Yeah. But it's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, yeah. And then there's triangle, mm-hmm. which, yeah. which they, which they got stuck in a time loop and then they just had to murdered like bodies and they just started piling up. And there's like literally like rooms of bodies from that were, that were trapped in it. I mean, that's one of the really unique things about that one, I think. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, it was like, fuck, what do you do? So many dead bodies. Like, yeah. you gotta, like then it, it loses all meaning. It's like, oh, crap, another one of me. I got to kill myself uh, again yeah. and throw the body over here. But then there was like, like back to the future where he started disappearing, you know, yeah. right? Which in the middle of the song, you, yeah. In yeah. the middle of the song, he starts yeah. disappearing. Could you imagine if you were in that room? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, yeah. What the fuck is going on? And then there's like Terminator that just mm-hmm. kind of doesn't make any sense at all ever. Yeah, it's true. But when you talked about the main character in this, that reminded me of like a Kyle Reese character. So yeah, you remember like the beginning of Genesis where they contacted him to come back? Yeah, like, yeah, it was like yeah. they contact himself, and then it's yeah. like, oh, and even like, and then it just got like every time they tried to solve it, it just got worse and worse yeah. and worse. Like on how they tried to deal with. Um, I don't know. Then there's like the time cop where two things can't occupy the same space at the same time. So they turn into a blobby mess and explode. Yeah. Like none of it, none of it. Like, I, like the, I was watching this going, well, that doesn't really make sense. Like, like, like how does, so matter just disappears completely, even though it's been there for 400 years. Yeah. Like, anyhow, I mean, it's, if you yeah. like interesting concepts, it's a good, interesting concept, but it made me think about time travel movies. And I'd love to see one that just nails the concept. Like where you go like, no, no holes there. Like, yeah. Where it completely like convinces you and you're not confused when you think when, when they like yeah. all the rules for you, basically of time travel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that needs to be a movie that mm-hmm. sort of addresses time travel, you know, in a way that's like, okay, this is, can make it work. And if not, I think we're done with time travel movies because they don't. <laughs> they yeah. Just... Well, there's been a lot more popping up lately. I've noticed. How were the effects in this, by the way? Cause this guy looks like this guy is primarily um, the, the director, which is uh, Seth Larney. Looks like he's primarily a visual effects guy. He's got yeah. like 19 credits for visual effects on IMDb. And then he's got six credits as a director, including this one is his most recent one. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, when they were in the future, when they're in 2067, mm-hmm. It had some pretty. It was a pretty cool look and feel of everything they had going on around there. Like there's some Blade Runner esque type stuff, yeah. but it's also like imagine a world with zero plants. Like it was, it was pretty neat. Um, then when they go 400 years in the future, they did the opposite where it had to be like there's no humans and it's all overgrown with plants because humans have been gone for 400 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- there were some big shots that were a little kind of you could tell they were CG and stuff like that. But all all in all, I mean, it's a cool effects. It's cool. I mean. I was entertained. I want. I mean, I watched the whole thing. It just uh, afterwards it made me think about time travel. And, yeah, and how it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. How it doesn't make any sense at yeah. all. It's like, and how do you properly address it? And now, 
I want someone. And, and I feel like there's a way to do it. Like remember pie when it came out and it addressed. Yeah. That was huge when that came out. One of the, was the yeah. first Aronofsky movie. I remember when that came out to like the New York independent film festival. We yeah. went and it was super low budget. I think they yeah. made it for like yeah. 15, 20 grand, but it yeah. addressed heavy mm-hmm. concepts in a very low budget way. Yeah, so absolutely, I, yeah. I, I do feel that some filmmaker out there can address time travel in a low budget way that kind of makes it like, con- like conceivable. Like, like it's like, yeah. Oh, this, this makes that there's a low budget movie out there about time travel that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I remember when pie came out, I was like, I want to see this. It looks cool, but this looks like a movie that would just really confuse me. So yeah. I think no, it was <laughs> awesome. It's an yeah. awesome movie. And it's in that. It, it, I mean, there's a lot of heady type movies out yeah. there and, and pie being one of them, but it was super low budget and addressed heady concepts in a yeah. very low budget. And it was super unique too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And pie was great. I kind of yeah. want to go back and see it because it addressed some pretty cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, um, that's what's on our radar. Now we'll talk about May. We're talking about more shit that's on our radar because May is actually a pretty, it's a pretty good month. Uh, well, they're all, they're all. And, and I think because, um, because uh, uh, theaters are opening up again, we're getting to see some stuff and, and, and they're still like just unleashing some things that are going day and date with uh, uh, you can buy them uh, uh, like on VOD versus in the theater and, and yeah. there's lots of cool stuff going on. But I got to say, this is the one thing that of course I got to chat about is that this month we're getting yet another new uh, shark, shark horror film yeah. <laughs> so before before we flip it over to what's actually on our radar mm-hmm. i i have to say because it addresses the film that you watched on your radar look yeah. out for bigfoot versus megalodon uh yeah. coming coming out may 11th um and this is of course from the same guys who brought you bigfoot versus the illuminati yes that one i want to see there's been a lot of illuminati shit happening well maybe, I, I don't maybe yeah. the illuminati is real there's all of these kinds oh, of that one is, is, is addressed that is addressed yeah. they, they, they show up in movie after movie the one that made most sense yeah. to me of course the illuminati was in martyrs and, and yeah and that that makes sense to me yeah uh, they show up in that one where they're like yeah. evil puppet masters all the time uh but bigfoot versus the illuminati so they've done quite a few obviously they touch obviously there's a thing about shark movies and a thing about bigfoot not to mention the illuminati so i'm gonna have to, I, I will personally i just saw the title and the log line and I've decided now that we're going to do a deeper dive into shark horror. Yeah. And we're going to do a future episode on it because um, I don't know. Every month there's a new one. There's got to be something to it. I don't know why. It's just anyone who can do CGs even mm-hmm. half decently is making a shark horror movie. There's got yeah. To be I, it was hilarious last week when that, uh, when you were just like, what the fuck is going on with all these shark movies? Like, but you know what I've heard about the asylum too? Well, this one clearly is like, so I don't know if think, this one's the asylum. I don't know. It looks yeah, it's asylum esque from the way it looks. Sure. But like, and like all those companies that do mockbusters now. Of course, there's other companies aside from Asylum that do them. So there's a bunch of them now. But like, um, what I heard about Asylum is that like they have limited number of effects that they can put in every single movie. Mm-hmm. So they have like X amount of effects they can't go over that. This is what I heard about them before. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So they use the marketing gimmick mm-hmm. of basically like the mockbuster marketing gimmick, and then they put in limited number of effects. But it's it totally works to like sucker people in. It's about the title. And, it's about yeah, the title. It's about the, it's it's about like... the title and about the cover art too. So and then like so and obviously they're thinking ahead. They're going okay. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong is coming out, and then also the Meg came out. That did really good last so, year. So we're doing Meg Bigfoot versus out. Megalodon. We'll combine those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do it. But I mean, there also is something for the low budget and like especially micro budget um the, the horror films um like you remember the, our buddies the burke brothers when they yeah. when they came out with cowboys and indians like mm-hmm. they, they just called their extremely low budget film cowboys and indians yeah. 
it was on Netflix for a while. Like, oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, and it was just simply, they were told to put that title in because it was so generic and ubiquitous. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and they, they had heard that. Oh, it'll probably show like, up in tons of searches too. You know, people yeah, and it was, they were told yeah, Western, yeah. they were told yeah. Westerns were hot. So they, yeah. so they just called it Cowboys and Indians mm-hmm. made it on a Netflix. I mean, and it was a micro budget film. But there is something to just, hey, if you can tap a vein and make a low-budget movie around it, like yeah. someone's going to pick it up just for the title. And I don't know, they, the versus Bigfoot versus Bigfoot. I'm telling you, there's just Bigfoot versus whatever, and you, you've got a, you got a film. There's enough of them. We're going to do a deep dive on that in a future episode. I think it's actually pretty awesome. I want to watch Bigfoot fight the shark. See, they already suckered me in. I know it's going to be all like super like shitty-looking stuff, like the effects, but I do want to see Bigfoot fight a giant shark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I just want to find out who these guys are. I did, literally it was like last night I was looking for other stuff to draw on yeah. our list, and I'm gonna to have to do a deeper dive here. But yes, yeah, t- talking about that every month, and you know what, we forgot to post it last month, but there was about three people that were uh, upset about the fact that we didn't post it. But we will get April's films up. We forgot to do that. Yeah. But what we do is every month at the beginning of the month, whatever uh, podcast uh, we're recording. The first one of the month is going to be about what's upcoming. And then what we do is we'll talk about a couple of the films on there, but we're going to do a, a bigger look at the 10 of them. And then we're going to post it uh, on the site. And we'll also put it out on our e-newsletter eventually uh, once our e-newsletter gets, gets going a little bit more. But the idea is we're going to do it. We're going to post about this. We'll post it on social and everything. So if you follow us anywhere, you'll see the full list and we put as many links and talk about them. But here we just talk about a couple of them. So hopefully you guys go over to, deadharvey.com and look for the list um we will get uh by the time this goes up we should have maze up there and posted so that's yeah. that's the whole idea behind this so we and then we each pick one that we want to talk about uh so who wants to go first on the one we're looking forward to the most in may i'll go ahead and jump in here okay. um because i got another uh puppet movie a puppet horror movie now, i know that i've been uh on a puppet um rampage lately because there's there's willie's wonderland there's franken's dead and now there's a uh, benny loves you which is basically like this <laughs> the trailer looks hilarious too this is like a horror comedy made uh, out of the uk and it's this guy who has like a little like um plush puppet you know a little plush uh stuffed animal and it, it clearly it's looking like it wants to make fun of elmo and it sounds like elmo too so when he grows older, so he's given this as like a kid saying, this is your friend, this will, this will protect you and everything. Sort of similar to kind of like Chucky when the little kid got Chucky. And so then when he grows older, he's like, he's having all these problems in his life. And he's like, I'm going to get rid of all this, all my childhood things and all these things and become a, an official grown up now. So he throws the puppet away. And then the puppet comes back with a knife and just starts slaughtering everyone. But like watching like <laughs> like fly through the air like with a knife after people and sound like Elmo was just cracking me up like crazy. But like I'm on a puppet rampage right now because puppet horror is so few and far between. And now there's been a couple of them back to back. So I had to like include this one right away. So this is one I'm most excited about. Although there's a lot of cool shit coming out of me, but puppet horror goes right to the top of the list for me every time. Well, that it's I think puppets are probably just as hard to work with as like kids and animals mm-hmm. because I would like to see puppets make their way up to Sasquatch and Illuminati level where, where all where all you have to do is half mm-hmm. feature it and you're mm-hmm. gonna make your money back as an indie filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and then look look what they're doing to our show. Or a shark too, like, or a shark. All these like all these things that like were fond memories of our childhood just scare the crap. Like if I was a kid now, I'm like when we were kids, we had like what was it, Chucky that would like 
would freak us out. There weren't that yeah. many like childhood toys that would turn after you and go after you if you're a kid. But yeah. now there's all kinds of them. So now like if you're a kid and all of this like puppet horrors coming out and all these like you're mm. like there's multiple different uh, creatures or puppets or toys that could come after you and pose a threat to you as a kid. Be scared of them and get you nightmares forever. Yeah. As an well, adult, we kind of laugh about it, but as a kid, it would probably scare the crap out of you. Yeah. As a kid, like <laughs> Chucky, I don't think Chucky freaked me out. Like mm-hmm. Chucky was, it hit me at a time where it's like I was more like, yeah, Chucky. But the one that did creep me out, obviously, is Poltergeist. When, when oh when the, yeah, the Poltergeist. Clown, That's, the that is actually still an effectively scary scene as an adult. When you yeah, watch. yeah, yeah. That that was that made me think mm-hmm. twice about looking around my room. But like, yeah, and, and when the when the lights are out and seeing like stuff shit in your room so yeah it was it was very far and few between but this one sounds kind of like it's the horror version of ted that is exactly that's a very good way to put it because that's like the vibe i got from as well so i couldn't just get like he looks a little different than elmo but he's orange like elmo but then he's got like these sort of like bear ears kind of like fozzy the bear pretty i mean but it's obviously looks like a horror comedy well he's he's going with a muppet look i mean the funny thing is what do you think is the what do you think is the like okay, I love like Doll Man versus Demonic Toys. I love Absolutely, puppet, the, yeah. I love Puppet, puppet Master. Master. Yeah. Um, there was a bunch. Yeah, there was all. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah, but what now? I'm trying to think of like of puppet critters film. are big favorites of mine too. Yeah, critters is good. Yeah, and there's 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 critters homage films too. There's like short yeah. critters films. But I'm trying to think of what like the most successful puppet movie might be. Oh, I mean, Ted probably is a, Gremlins. A, I would imagine, but if Gremlins, you're going. Yeah, Gremlins is good. Yeah, but like Ted obviously was a huge hit, but Ted, Ted really is a horror. Yeah, yeah it, but it's it's different. It's I mean you're talking Mark Wahlberg and and uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, As well, Seth MacFarlane was the voice of the bear. Yeah, yeah. Seth Seth MacFarlane and Mark Wahlberg. So you're looking at a bigger budget. And it, it had its thing, but I was like, as far as puppet horror. Like I don't count Dollman and versus Demonic Toys or or, or Puppet Master because none of those were big movies. <laughs> like, yeah, those are more like B movies. I mean, Gremlins yeah. was a big like theatrical movie, so the, a lot of the other ones were kind of more like straight to video ish, but yeah. or they had their success on the home video market. Maybe the reason that more people there's not more puppet horror is because puppet horror just isn't you know super you know it's not a big money maker. Yeah, it's good. well, um, but I mean, there's a bunch of like B. Be like B. it's a it's a firm yeah. B. It's a firm B. Like like uh, like I'll be on like Megalodon or the Meg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Ben Wheatley is tied to Meg too, mm-hmm. which they're going into production on. That's a theatrical release movie. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Shark Horror is still getting theatrical releases all the way down to oh for sure yeah crap. absolutely like, yeah. Like, so that I, I think puppet is what I, I what I what I mean to say in this is that puppet horror has yet to have its day. Yeah, well, we're getting there though. There's yeah, some yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. coming it, out right now. It is yet to yet to have its day. One day soon, there's just going to be a puppet horror movie that blows the doors off the genre, and all of a sudden, we're going to have puppet horror like we have zombies. Like they're yeah. just going to be everywhere. Like, well, I mean, they're still like, rocking the the puppet master movies. Remember that movie uh, Dead Silence that came out like years ago that James Wan did? That was like all the puppets. Oh and, yeah. But they like. Well, actually, hold on a sec. Annabelle is a puppet horror. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually a theatrical mm-hmm. release. So, and that was a spinoff from um, Annabelle was spun off from which of the which of the Blumhouse ones, right? Wasn't yeah, it was, was spun off from The Conjuring because it was one of the dolls yeah. in the room. It was the one of the dolls yeah. in The Conjuring, and it spun off. So, there's that. That's actually big time puppet horror right there. They're they're doing a new Chucky, aren't they? Uh, well, they they did revamp Chucky. There was like Cult of Chucky that came out recently, and then they did. Then they also sort of like. Uh, revamped the original where Mark Hamill did the voice and Chucky looked different in it. That came out like a year or two ago. 
I thought uh, they're still. I thought they're doing. I thought they they're they're keeping Chucky alive. For oh sure. yeah, yeah. Chucky is definitely. He looks he looks a lot weirder now. Like mm-hmm. than that, that new one that came out. But they have like Chucky's more of like a result of um, technology gone bad. Like the chip and technology gone bad. Like the programmer that made it, as opposed to him being. That's the new Chucky. I haven't watched enough. I haven't watched enough new Chucky because the yeah, original check it Chucky. Out and tell me, yeah, check it out and tell me what you think of it because it's 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 mm-hmm. um. It's got the same sort of sense of humor, but they they do have a different take on it. I mean, I prefer. Oh, it. interesting. So, like, because because like the Chucky I know it was it was a possessed doll. Yeah, like the, the Chucky it, we grew up with, with was possessed by a killer, and that's basically like the same thing that's in Willie's Wonderland. But the but the new Chucky is um, in the revamped version where Mark where Mark Hamill did his voice. Yeah, it was like a pissed off programmer. There's like basically like this place that mm. they were making like all the dolls and it was a place like China where people were, you know, like where they talk about like the stories about people jumping out the window because their work conditions are so shitty. Yeah, yeah. This was a guy that was a worker that was pissed off at his employers and he reprogrammed the chip to make Chucky bad and like curse. <laughs> and then yeah. and so like Chucky just technology went on the fritz after he reprogrammed the chip. This is almost an AI gone yeah, bad. It's an this AI is, this is almost bad. Yeah, yeah. made by Cyberdyne systems. Yeah. This is almost the terminator movie yeah um cool well yeah yeah no we always have our eye on puppet horror for sure remember like ghoulies where they had like that picture of the puppet on the toilet and then there's like well you know like look at like little shop of horrors i would say like the most mainstream ones are probably like little shop of horrors um gremlins and chucky yeah most mainstream ones yeah, for there's sure. A bunch of them that I'm missing, but you go back to like trilogy of terror, like puppet in there, and there's all kinds of ones uh, that have existed before. Dolls, you know, like a bunch of that other stuff. Yeah, true. No, there's a, there's that's good. It's but it still has yet to have its day. Yeah. Um, the one that I, I mean, the one that I want to talk about just because I think it's just cool, and of course the backstory is great. Um, and it is getting a theatrical release May 14th. Is Spiral and Spiral yeah, comes out. I'm excited yeah, come, about that one. Yeah. And it comes out of the Saw franchise. Now, um and, and essentially, like I don't know that it because Jigsaw, I don't think Jigsaw's in it anymore. Uh well from what I heard, I th- I believe it's like a spin-off. So it's not an official sequel, but it's a total yeah. spin-off from it. But I think it's a really cool yeah. I thought it was really cool that uh Chris Rock was in Fargo and it's uh and I think it's going to work pretty well. He's mm-hmm. taking a much more you're you're seeing Chris Rock in a much different light than you've seen him before. I think it's really yeah. cool that he's doing like the horror movie thing right now with this. It'll be interesting to see how that works. But yeah. I think that part of it will actually that's what what's got me kind of interested in it. Like us because I got a little bit sick of like the Saw movie. Like I love the first Saw movie. I think it was awesome. And mm-hmm. then like the other movies, you're basically just sort of like comparing the kills like with the Final Destination movies. Like how creative can they get with it? But as far as the storyline is concerned. It didn't seem like they were doing much different with it at all. No, it was just rehashing yeah. torture yeah. porn. I mean, they, they basically yeah. created torture porn. Yeah. And, um, but the first one actually had a great script to it. Great um, script. I mean, but I always love the fact that Saw basically, these guys dumped their money into making a short film that was that original scene with the two guys, yeah. Lee, and um, at the time it wasn't what's his face tied up, but they filmed that scene. And, oh, you're talking uh, about Carrie Elways. Carrie yeah. Elways, yeah, with Carrie Elways and Lee Winnell, who are trapped in the basement. You know, one's got the key inside him. The other guy's got the he's 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 cuffed to the and he's basically got to cut off his own leg to get free or kill and kill the other guy to do it. Yeah, uh, and and they filmed that scene, and that scene gave them the funding, although less than what they originally wanted, to actually go out and make Saw. And now we're talking about a billion dollar franchise. And I think it's so cool and such a good story that these basically super indie filmmakers. Yeah. That's how they did it. It's such a cool story that they're like raising money. They're indie guys 
what are we going to do? Like, let's film this one fucked up scene. Instead of trying to go pitch, instead of trying to like get, do all this other crap, let's put all our money together, make this little short film that's intense from it. We're going to ship that around to all the studios. And now here we are, like, fuck, 20 years later? And they're, yeah. And, and, and they're still doing it. I think that's cool. Well, so for plus, me, like the first movie was like made on like right around a million too, wasn't it? Super. Yeah, low. I think it was actually even lower. Yeah. I think they wanted yeah. four or five million and they were like, I'll give you a million. I can't remember what the actual stories, mm. but the numbers were that it was still pretty damn indie. Yeah. Um, and now here we are, and it's it's enough. It's one of those horror franchises that just keeps going. And 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 so like when we look up and down, and you see new horror films coming out, you see, and a lot of them are studio stuff. Like Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's got Army of the Dead coming out on Netflix, and mm-hmm. and and John Krasinski's doing a Quiet Place too, which we talk about. But these are insider guys already. Like this, there, yeah. there's not a lot of indie roots with those guys. Well, there is at some point, but what I like about Saw is that it really is an indie horror at its core and they've just been able to draw it out and so and it sounds like they are re- this is kind of like a reinvention so they're probably hoping to uh to draw it out because yeah it's chris rocks in it you got samuel L. jackson's in it mm-hmm. um and essentially it's a similar storyline it's not going to be jigsaw i'm assuming because he's dead numerous times and uh basically they get he goes into this mystery to solve a murder but it turns out that they're at this in the middle of this killer's morbid game and which is the same original plot that this guy had a yeah game well two about. points here um the first i guess like all the previous saw movies technically it could be classified as puppet horror because jigsaw was a puppet uh mm-hmm. and then <laughs> but but well you know jigsaw wasn't a puppet but he spoke through the puppet through a puppet. So, like when through they saw puppet. people they so like when they were hearing the voice of the killer they were looking at a puppet um so that was kind of funny correct but anyway Anyways, although make it probably shit your pants if you were in that situation in real life. Oh, but if, if I if I went downstairs <laughs> and I saw that puppet on a train, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna be like kicking it aside. I'm gonna be like, mm-hmm. what the what the hell? Oh shit! Like, uh, yeah, second point is that comedians seem to make like a pretty good transition to like more serious stuff. I always notice that like whenever they transition to more serious stuff, it usually kind of works with, uh, with I, I'll be honest with you. Like I have a couple buddies that are comedians and, mm-hmm. and I was having drinks with one. He's a guy I actually knew since elementary school. And he went on to be on uh, one of those last comic standing shows and, yeah. almost won, and he almost won it. And he came to town to do a show. We were having drinks afterwards and I was like, oh, I was like, you know, it's kind of funny that you're like now doing well with the comedian deal and everything. And 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 I said, you know, you never really struck me as like the guy who was going to get turn out this way. And he was like, well, I'll tell you what, every comedian I know, they come from a dark place, most of them. Mm-hmm. He goes because they, they're usually troubled kids, or they or they and that's and they and they they, they turn to humor uh, yeah. as, as their way out. It's a so defense that's mechanism you, too, so they don't get bullied and things like that. Exa- yeah. Exactly, it's a defense mechanism and stuff. He goes, he goes. Most guys, he goes. We like when I now that he, he was dealing with, he was in the comedian scene. He's like, it's, it's without fail, almost every comedian has a like some sort of dark past, and they use comedy as an out. And I always thought that was pretty interesting. It's also why comedy and horror go so well together a lot absolutely, of times. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? With the comedians known, I've had that exact same response as well too. Yeah, they've, told me, they've told me the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's super interesting. So, but also the funny thing about comedians are, <laughs> outside of the fact that they're comedians, is. Uh, that they have to be up on stage. They have to deal with stuff. They have to deal with improv. They understand all that. So if you're gonna gonna cast somebody, like a comedian's gonna be a good actor because he knows how to deal with stuff. Yeah. And 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 I, and I think that's why it's like, yeah, you see a lot, like a lot of like a Jim Carrey, for example, mm-hmm. who's as out there as it gets, has played serious roles and horror films awesomely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So so I mean, I think yeah, for for sure, getting a guy like Chris Rock or. 
I mean, that's an interesting way to go too. If you're an indie filmmaker, like go down to the local comedy shop and see the guys who are up on stage. And I, I've always thought like, if you went to those guys, look, I'm making a horror movie. You want, you want to come and act in it. A, they're probably going to be open to it because they want to do that shit. Two, they're probably going to do a pretty fucking good job. Three, even if they are funny within it, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic idea, actually. Yeah, no, I think so. It's, and it's and it's pretty cool, too. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, comedians who've done this turn where it just didn't work out. And 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 they all seem to be pretty damn good at it. It's it's when they go the other way where you have serious actors that go into comedic roles. Right, yeah. And, they and they, they have the serious actors going into comedic. Like, if you look at De Niro, like, he's always sort of considered himself as a comedian. Yeah. But, like, it seems like a little bit more awkward to me with him. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But... Um, yeah, it seems to me like that's like a more of a tricky transition for a serious dramatic actor and trying to do comedy than the opposite than, of that. Than the, than the opposite. Yeah. And I do, I, and I do, it's a pretty cool, uh, well, not a cool thing, but yeah, like that, that, remember having beers with them. It's just like, well, yeah, the comedians come from a dark place. So if they come from a dark place, they clearly can tap that shit for horror yeah. films and, and things like that. But I have not seen uh, Larry the Cable Guy trying to do like a, serious part so i will that will be the, the test right there to see if you can make <laughs> yeah. that transition i mean I, I don't think it's across the board <laughs> yeah, no, that it's gonna no. work but, it's gotta be uh, somebody that has some darkness in them that keeps it hidden that really yeah. makes it work well yeah yeah i mean it, it, yeah anyhow uh, i think that's a it's, it's a cool way to go because if you're looking to to I think it's like I was watching some low budget stuff on Tubi when I was doing my deep mm. dive on shark horror and I was watching uh whatever it was it was the one that they called it was mega shark uh versus giant octopus yeah lorenzo lamas and tiffany and and i was and i was thinking as i was watching i was like part of the problem is it's like no one can act in here like no one can act like like and and it's such like there's certain things that take that, that that take you out of that suspension of disbelief and none of it's worse than really shitty acting Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, did you not like, watch all the seasons of Renegade Ted? You, you <laughs> Actually, Lorenzo Lamas was not the weakest point of that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually like him in a lot of, uh, in a lot of, oh, he's not bad at all. He's not bad at all. It's like, I'd put him right up there with mm-hmm. a Mark Singer. Like he, he like, we're awesome. talking. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, but it was like, as you're watching, it's like, there's certain stuff, bad CG, mm-hmm doesn't really like like bad cg is bad cg <laughs> yeah, yeah um and, and but i can get past it but the funny thing about like yeah this one uh, uh mega mega shark versus giant octopus was like they tried to do what we did in film school when you fucked up the film like because we used <laughs> yeah. to shoot on film and yeah. sometimes you'd get it back and go man that looks really bad i can't even use that and we would just edit things really fast and kind of throw mm-hmm. some music against it and kind of like you know little like just gonna mm-hmm. like, oh that'll work i remember doing that for a couple of our films oh, yeah um these guys did it. I'm like, <laughs> there's like, there's a scene where they're, they're in a plane in, uh-huh. in, 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 um, we're taking a tangent here and we'll, we'll wrap it up after this, but they're in a plane. And, and this is when we, when, when mega shark has just been released from, uh-huh. uh, cause the, cause the ice, the polar ice uh-huh. caps are melting and that's what releases giant octopus and mega shark. And he's, they're flying over to Alaska uh-huh. or something. And there's a, and, and a guy looks out the plane and he's like, uh-huh. Holy shit. And, and, and mega shark, jumps out of the ocean and, and attacks the plane mm-hmm. and the whole plane goes down. But the only way they could do it was this really blurry CG shark, mm-hmm. like, att- like attacking it like a toy plane. And the CG yeah. was so bad and they just did rapid cuts and it was blurry. And then there's a scene of the, the camera shaking yeah. and people screaming. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden we're underwater, still people screaming. And then it just cuts to Tiffany, like, you know, and we're onto the next scene. And it's like, really? Like that's the best you <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> that's the best you could do here. Like, and every time there's an action scene, that's all it is. It's just like really quick blurs because they clearly didn't have enough money to put into the CG. But anyhow, that that is a massive tangent off of the off of Spiral, the uh, the the new Saw movie, which is the one that I'm looking. Oh for. yeah, my 30 second memory loss kicked in. I forgot what we were talking about. Before. Yeah, that's where I went. I don't know how we got <laughs> yeah. on that tangent, but but uh, but yeah. But anyhow, uh, that that's all I've got on on it. I don't know, don't know if you have anything else to add there. Well, um, I think we expanded the praise of the puppets. Uh, we yep. want to see this new take they have on Spiral. It leaves it very, I will say this, it leaves it very vague on their description of Spiral on IMDb. Mm-hmm. It says, a criminal mastermind unleashes a twisted form of justice in Spiral, the terrifying new chapter from the Book of Saw. But from what I've heard, it is not a direct sequel at all. It's something completely different. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to have like a different kind of a jigsaw puppet or whether it's going to be just like a straight up regular killer that's doing this and they're going to do a completely different take on it. It'll be kind of interesting to see how they do that. Yeah. Whether they can spawn a spin-off franchise from that because I think clearly what they're trying to yeah. do. Clearly what they're trying to do. But hey, that's the one on my radar. So um if you want to read about those ones and you want to read about all the other films that are on our radar, which is of course, eight other films, uh, May's dead Harvey's, uh, films to look forward to in May. Uh, you got to go to deadharvey.com, follow us on social, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, and, and, and then you can see the whole list and all stuff. We do this every single month. Um, Hey, if you want, if you ever, if you're a filmmaker and want to be featured in it, uh, let us know. Uh, we'd be happy to talk about your films. We've done that before. Uh, when we find one that we know the guys and know the filmmakers, then we'll talk about it and put it in our list. And one day that's going to be worth something. Uh, right now it might expand your list by a handful of people, but one day, you know, that's, we're really going to move the needle by featuring you in our top 10 list. So, um, so Yeah. If you've made it this far, uh, you probably want more of this. So, um, yeah, go to deadarby.com, sign up for the newsletter, and uh, hopefully we see you guys there, and stay tuned for more stuff. Excellent. Yeah, and if you're an indie filmmaker, uh, contact us. We will do our best to uh, help you promote your stuff, because that's what we're all about. And because what we noticed, too, is that a lot of this stuff goes to, like, Especially if you're doing like self-distribution or just trying to get your movies out there, it's hard to know like what movies are coming out unless they've already had deals for it. So one of the things we want to do too is just like help people get some exposure and help them network and help them have more people find their stuff. And also along those lines too, um, uh, our composer Tony Longworth has a new podcast. It's called The Dark Alternative Music Composer. It's on anchor.fm. I'll put a little um, link to that, but I think it's kind of cool. Uh, so give him a shout out there. So like for like musicians or anybody else, like working in film from different angles of it, aside from like directing or writing or whatnot, doing their own kind of podcast and getting people together on that and like networking for them as well, too, I think is really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, that's a good point. I forgot to mention that. Like if you do have a project, reach out to us and let us know. We'd love to chat about it. Also, if there's stuff that you have questions about as a filmmaker you know shoot us an email and and we'll look into it because this is the stuff that we kind of want to do get like figure out what people are struggling with and see if we can help out so um yeah shoot us an email go to deadarby.com and find our email form so uh so yeah so that's all we got for this week okay all right enjoy the uh bigfoot and uh puppet movies and watch bigfoot but just know if you want to see it on hulu but just know that it's not really about bigfoot um, and if you have a Bigfoot burger, I'll call us and let us know how it is. And then get that. If you get, if you do buy the Bigfoot foot, uh, go have it looked at and tell us whether it's real or came from another planet or whatnot, too. 
Good stuff. All right. Until next week. Until next week.